housewife. Tapping the steering wheel, Tony Di Matteo sat in his van, hidden behind a thick set of lush, leafy trees. He watched a hawk flying through the skies. The hawk hovered over a great Gothic mansion before suddenly diving through the air and veered straight for the van at full force speed. As the hawk approached, it deaccelerated and landed majestically on the side mirror of the van, gripping its claws tightly, as if clutching some prey, before hopping in the window and landing with a flutter on the passenger seat. As if sucked by some strange force field, the crooked beak in one direction, the fierce claws in another, the raptor transformed in a blur, instantly shape-shifting into something very different. The feathered chest was suddenly no more. In its place sat a beautiful brunette, her body bare to the world. Tony looked at his wife Marla, before hinting at something with a throaty cough. He was looking at her small, pert breasts. You forgot something, babe, he said, handing her a blanket. Suddenly the breasts enlarged by themselves. You should be grateful you don't have to pay for them, chided Marla, before covering herself up. Fake boobs do nothing for me, babe. You think these are natural, she said. Natural? They're supernatural, babe, and that's the way I like them. He's got some kind of high-tech security system, she said. Did you see the art? A mouse-eyed view, she laughed. I don't see you as the mousy type, babe. He moved to make out with her. Tony, I've been flying all over the countryside. I'm tired. She tried to beat him away, but he was very amorous. But to fend him off, she shapeshifted back into a furry cat. I hate when you do that, babe. Portly Cecil skipped up his garden path with a hearty spring in his step, his shirt barely able to cover his tummy. As he entered the house, he called out to his wife. Honey, I'm home. He looked at his reflection in the hallway mirror. He winked at himself. And I'm feeling very lovely. There was no answer from his wife. That's strange, he thought to himself. He looked all over the house, going from room to room. A look of concern spread across his face. Dulska, my little sea maiden, where are you? He stood thinking for a moment, and then looked at the entranceway to the cellar. The door was slightly ajar. Quietly he crept down the stairs to the cellar. When he got to the bottom, there was a woman rummaging through all kinds of artifacts in the basement. Looking for something? he asked. She turned around sharply. His wife Dulska was truly a beautiful specimen, raven-haired, fair-skinned, and long-legged. What, Manny asked, was she doing with Tubby Cecil? Oh, baby, she said. I think we are out of wine for our cocktail party. He walked over to her suspiciously. Wine? You were looking for wine? Oh, baby, you don't think I was looking for something else. You must learn to trust me. She playfully stroked his chest. Within minutes they were making love, but it was mechanical love. As she lay on her back, her mind was in a different place, while he moved like a lump of lard on top of her, panting and out of breath. He was like a train chugging and struggling up the tracks with a stuttering engine that let out a cacophonous squeak when it finally rolled into the station on its last legs. Satiated, he rolled over and fell into a peaceful sleep. Once she determined, 
he was truly asleep, she slid off the bed in search of that something again. As her light body departed the room, one of Cecil's eyes flicked open like an old watchdog. He grinned. It's hidden in a place where, my love, you will never find it. Postman on a Highway to Hell Postman Pat, with headphones on, listening to and singing to loud heavy metal music, handed the mail to Dr. Winterman. Winterman also handed the postman some mail. Postman Pat looked quizzically at Winterman, as if greatly inconvenienced by this exchange of post. From yesterday, said Dr. Winterman. Wrong house. Postman Pat took the wrongly delivered mail in a devil-may-care attitude. A few moments later, Dr. Winterman was sitting at his breakfast table as his seductive wife Jane served steaming hot tea. Their two lovely children, Mikey and Sarah, were finishing their breakfast before school. Why do we always have a new school teacher? asked Mikey. Finish your porridge, replied Dr. Winterman. I've had five new maths teachers this year, said Sarah. Sarah, drink your tea, said the doctor before he scanned his mail. His face quickly turned sour. What's this? That fool has brought us the wrong mail again. I do hate postmen. Jane's eyes sparked up when she heard this statement, and she quickly disappeared. Oh, for heaven's sake, he called after her. Do put some clothes on first. Where's Mammy gone? asked Mikey. Where's Mammy gone? repeated Sarah. She's got some morning chores to look after said Dr. Winterman. Is she tiring your shirt, Daddy? That he did not answer. Postman Pat had just jumped back into his van after delivering mail to another house. His music was louder than ever now, head banging, heavy metal, and he screamed along like Angus Young. She's the evil sultriness who comes late in the night. She's the devil's apprentice who seeks to be mankind. When he turned around, he was stunned to see Jane Winterman sitting on his passenger seat, and even more flabbergasted to see how provocatively she was dressed. She handed him some mail. Wrong house, she purred. I am so sorry, Mrs. Winterman, said Postman Pat, stuttering on the sentence. It's okay, Pat. It's an excuse for me to be with you. What? he said, almost choking on the one word this time. She reached out and magically loosened a button on his postman's shirt. He looked sheepishly at the undone button and the little dangling tread that resulted from the brazen move. Her hand was still thereabouts. She grabbed him and began to kiss him passionately on the neck before slowly rolling her hand down along his chest as buttons popped, popped, popped. I had no idea, postman Pat Delirious now attempted to speak. She ripped open his blue postman's shirt and licked his chest. I've hungered for you, Pat. Every day you've brought the mail, the wrong mail. I've hungered more. Oh, me too, cried Pat, beginning to find his feet. I see you every day in heavy metal fantasy art, with snakes slithering all over your naked body, and I, the dark lord, chained on the edge of the great cliff, with purple storm clouds rising. He now played air guitar as he waxed lyrical while she licked her lips and opened her watering mouth. 
We make love over hell's liquid fire, cried Pat, composing heavy metal symphonies, befitting the passionate moment. But he could not finish. She bit into his neck with her sharp fangs. He groaned with pleasure and pain. One last button popped. There was a deep sigh and then the only sound was the heavy metal music crackling from his headphones. When Jane raised her head, blood dripped deliciously down her chin. She smiled as she looked at the wrong male. At least you delivered breakfast, sweetie, she said. black horse sped along winding roads of Connemara, followed by a black van. Inside the Porsche, Deirdre smiled when she saw the road sign that read, Bally Strange, 20 miles. The shithole has got no shopping, she said. Better have demons. <laughs>